Shut up and sit down. Hi, I'm Corbin. And I'm Katie. And we are the, the Vagabonds. Two best friends adventuring through the world of lady stuff, one episode at a time. We don't give medical advice, and we don't seek for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having at bars anyway. Well, hi. Hello. Hi, that was a long time. I kind of felt guilty about starting first. Why? I don't know. You're part of this. I, I know, but you know. Quit mansplaining hello I, to us, Dave. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sort of what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, I just, oh, yeah. I also had my finger on the volume lowering button, and I think that was, you know, like I knew I was going to. Your brain was doing mm. two things. My brain was doing, yes. Yeah. You had an advantage we didn't. Yes, have. that's it. Typical. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back here. On the show again with you guys another week. Cozy in the womb. Same. That's right. It's great. Um, I do have an idea that of something we can discuss today, which is the Trump administration. I, I just girded my loins. Yeah. Kind of makes my bowels go watery. Yeah. Oh, stop. Oh. <laughs> The, uh, the Trump administration's Health and Human Services Department apparently expunged information on lesbian and bisexual women's health. Uh, and um, it may have happened a while back, but it, it, it was just sort of discovered by the media this week. No one's really sure. But all that information just went away because I think I think the reason I think we can all assume that the reason is because all of those uh, health issues have been solved. Mm, yeah right by the mm. forward-thinking policies of um our current republican our government. current right and yeah. Uh, yeah yeah for sure uh yeah this was after you know let's remember we had one health and human services director step aside for i think um some sort of conflict of interest reasons or something like yeah, that. Yeah, flying exactly. all the co- over the country and oh, oh that was jet. that that was Tom Price. He was the oh. first one to step aside, and then another one had to step down mm. for reasons that escape me for the moment, but were, which were uh, sort of ethical in Great. in nature. Good. So it's good that the. That I mean, it's a good thing that they're focusing on. You know. I mean, clearly their priorities are just with my tongue clearly in my cheek of like uh, just worrying about things that are most important, like banishing any information about lesbian and bisexual health, women's yeah. health, like yeah, and not worrying about the corruption of their people. And to be fair, they said it was a just sort of a a realignment of web content, you know, mm. some sort of bullshit about, you know. Some sort of government double speak about that, gotcha. but you know, yes, those the, you know, Obama spent way too much time caring about these sorts of yeah issues. You know, when we got to get down to the brass tacks of taking people's health care away, we right. have time to care about people. Right, we we're too busy making not, sure people lose their health insurance, not by, doing anything about gun violence. You know, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh. Don't even get me started. I've yelled so much at my apartment this weekend. Well, 
you know, I, the, the thing is, you know, and I always, I always think to myself, you know, do you really want to bring this up? You know, like such a downer. Couldn't we talk about something fun? It, you know, it kind of makes me think of, so there's the issue that like, okay, so this is information that they're taking down about like lesbian, bisexual women, um, their healthcare. Yeah. And you know, they're kind of implying that probably like they think it's wrong or whatever, that it's you know, a chosen lifestyle that's wrong. But, you know, in my opinion, which obviously, you know, I think that being lesbian or bisexual is totally normal and natural. And like, but if even if it were like, the, these people still need health care. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, but I think so, there's a, there's a, there's a miss, maybe intentional misapprehension about why they might need health care that's different from other women's health care, for instance. Yeah. Well, which is also stupid because, like, I don't know. It's just so dumb. Uh, yeah, and, well, it's like, um, you know, I was watching a video about, so there's actually some M3s at Iowa. They started a program called the Iowa Harm Reduction Coalition. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get needle exchange legalized in Iowa, and they also do needle exchange in the community and um mm-hmm. this is for um people who are like using needles to inject like drugs gross, yeah of different kinds yeah. um so they were they i watched it vice recently did a oh yeah little video clip about mm-hmm. them and so i was watching it and they showed some video clips of them lobbying at the iowa state house and basically they're talking about this senator or i think it was a senator that was opposed to it for a religious reason or moral reasons not religious reasons and i'm just thinking to myself even like how so you're against drug use for moral reasons but not Helpy, but you're okay with not helping people who are in need. Yeah, I don't understand that. And also, I don't understand how, like, I guess I don't really think about thinking about drug use as like a moral thing. I guess I'm more in the thinking of it as a, you know, disease, you know, a drug addiction thing. as a yeah. disease and a health thing and a social issue right. of like our society rather than, you know, yeah. a moral failing. Well, but, and I wonder, like, so much of the things that we, that like we as in the three of us on this podcast think about as like social issues that are politically charged are things that I feel like have been made moral issues purely so that you can oppress people. Yeah. Because think about like pregnancy out of wedlock, teenage pregnancy, abortions. Those are all things that are like health issues and health potentially health problems that have been moralized and made political. Right. To oppress people who fit into those categories. Yeah. I don't know. Or well, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe political parties started because of the moral leanings of the people who are in them. I'm pretty sure that but it's all just to a, oppress people. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm still pretty to sure. oppress people. Yeah. <laughs> That's the main goal. I'm pretty sure it's all just a cynical play to, you know, that, you know, here's I, I, my question is always, you know, do people do this to be mean or do they do this in a cynical play towards their base or whatever i don't think it's either of those i think they do it because they feel superior and it's a sort of discipline you think they think that that they're trying to make people better by disciplining them when really they're not helping anyone yes i think this based on coming from a family who thinks this i I honestly think that they think they're like yeah like what katie said like they're doing the right thing i honestly think that 
there are people probably like for example in this taking away the lg you know the lesbian and mm-hmm. bisexual women's health information people honestly think that it is wrong of them to help that quote-unquote like lifestyle as they would probably say right by putting that health information out there they think they're helping them do something wrong yeah i i, I don't know like i i was I, I was thinking specific. This might not be a precisely analogous thing, but I was thinking about Rick Santorum saying, "Oh Jesus," saying uh, <sighs> that uh, those high schoolers who are protesting against gun violence in their schools would be better served by learning CPR, so that when they're, so that when I can't even say this with a straight face, so that when they are attacked in their schools, they'll be able to help each other survive. How also and on what? fucking planet yeah does that yeah. make any yes, sense that is what we do for gunshot wounds in the er yeah we give them cpr no CPR. that's so inappropriate aside from the scientific problem or the the medical Which problem with that rick santorum literally knows nothing about why science. in god's name is it, it is is would he even say without realizing that he would appear this way why would he say something so moronic if not because he knows that people out there, stupid people out there, agree with him, and thus he improves his standing among those people. Yeah, there I mean, that is, is true. No I don't way think those are could, similar. There or... is no way that you could utter that sentence. Yeah. Without without going, wait a minute. What did I just say? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to say that that's not my wasn't my intention rick santorum is like he's not even a thing anymore no, no. like he's so irrelevant but yeah no and news. they well, he i mean they say relevant. stupid yeah. people i saw this tweet from this guy who i don't even know who he was honestly i just had seen that he tweeted this and people were in uproar about it rightfully so because he basically said like hey when was the last time the government took you out of your house and like locked you up never because because we have guns and first of all he totally that's not because we have guns right well and he totally ignores like you know the trail of tears right and japanese internment slash concentration purely talking to white white european descendants and also it's like such a false logical thing where there has never been some sort of like you know point where normal people had to take up their guns to stop the government to you know from taking you away actually you know what would have been better is if someone would have replied back actually we don't because we have checks and balances that up to now our congress has been okay with exercising until now yeah when you know our congress is a bunch of cowards but yeah. So anyway, I'm, the thing that really that's gets a purely me, political tangent, but this is also a political tangent. The thing that gets me about this thing is that the people in my life that I know who are the most pro-life are the people who are most against the march for our lives. Yeah. Like it just doesn't make sense because they're not. Pro- I mean, this is the this is like the core of the issue is that people who are pro-life, quote unquote, pro-life are not pro-life. They're pro-pregnancy and pro-birth. Like, because they do not give a shit about children in schools. They only care about children in uteruses. Right, right. And that's like, and they don't even care about who has that uterus. Right. They literally only care about the fetus inside the uterus and that's it. And then after that, they're done. They're incapable and they're incapable of seeing the logical inconsistencies in, in their statements. Right. 
it's just like uh yeah. so irritating anyway well that was our political corner yeah yeah there's been a lot of yelling we got super in my house fiery. this weekend about We've been things. feeling fiery today. Yeah. <laughs> I have to like write this editorial for a class and I don't, I'm trying to decide what to write it about. And I might, I There's might, so many things. I might be writing it about why we should increase family planning funding. And I'm just like so angry at so many things. There oh, are, there boy. are many things that that editorial could be about. Yeah, I know. We are talking about the Millennium Development Goals, which, uh, you know, we just, I thought we talked last week about the WHO guidelines, so I just want to talk about UN Development Goals. Is this how people from the ages of like 15 (laughs) to like 30 should, uh, the the goals that they... Yeah, your Millennial Development Goals, (laughs) one of it includes watching a lot of Full House. Yeah, Fuller House also. Oh, yeah, in Fuller House, which is garbage. Actually, I don't think 15-year-olds are Millennials. No, now they're... 20 to 30 What are they called now? They're like Gen... Gen Y? Oh, Gen Z, I think. I don't know. These are all stupid they, had, they like had some weird thing that they're the like, generation that's no going to save us. Yes. Don't you know? I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah. The ones by that the are way, in high school right now who are leading yeah. these marches. Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, I really think that it takes. So this is what I think that like millennials, we were the group that like went before to rabble rouse a little bit. But since we were too much, of, you know, within the old time, you know, basically still we've been raised by the, the way we've been raised. Guard. We couldn't just get past it enough mm-hmm. but we rabble roused enough so now that the if gen y is the right they're gonna save us all hopefully i have high hopes in the future they're only generations. they're only three to seven years until their next presidential election yeah, so. yeah. exactly can't wait till they get to vote yeah, those millennial. high schoolers that are marching i mean millennials are people who are born in the 80s to 2000s yeah or you know 80s it's kind of crazy to think about these people were born after 2000 yeah yeah well, the people who are in high school now yeah you get over yeah. that real quick let yeah. me tell you we're very proud of them. Yeah. Anyway, how did we get anyway. back anyway, here? Millennium oh, Development Goals. Oh, yeah. Millennium Development Goals. So these actually have to do with the real millennium, not okay. Yeah, the Millennium Goals. So basically, <laughs> what are the Millennium Development Goals? I'm glad you asked. Um, so, <laughs> this is like our... We're having like a series on like boring WHO policy right now. We're making it cool. <laughs> but I actually... This I is heard UN, feedback, but... I heard feedback from someone that our thing about the WHO thing was actually interesting to them. Okay, so hopefully right. we have multiple listeners. I think people are way. interested in these organizations actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I am. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I am too. Okay. Anyway. Okay. okay so the UN. In, in 1990, basically the UN, um, they started essentially very meticulously studying poverty in the world. Hmm. And in 2000, there was a summit uh, called the Millennium Summit. As it should be. Yeah. And basically they were talking about the findings of this research and they set out like a declaration and um, called the United Nations Millennium Declaration, obviously. And... Basically, they outlined goals to eradicate poverty in the world or and not eradicate like entirely. I mean, with the goal eventually to eradicate poverty, but like they had specific goals that they wanted to meet by 2015. Okay. Okay. So and these were all aimed at like lowering poverty in the world. So they had eight development goals. Um, One was to eradicate extreme poverty and hunger. 
to achieve, uh, two, to achieve universal primary education, three, to promote gender equality and empower women, four, to reduce child mortality, five, to improve uh, maternal health, six, to combat HIV, AIDS, malaria, and other diseases, uh, seven, to inf- ensure environmental sustainability, and eight, to develop a global partnership for development. So I was going to focus most on like promoting gender equality and empowering women and also improve maternal health. So basically, this the UN made a coalition of um, nations that uh, basically agreed to sign on to this these goals, which is pretty much all of the UN member states. Um, the um they got some of the more wealthy countries to relieve highly indebted country of some of their debts so that money could go to some of these programs actually this was also i think interesting because the united nations millennium declaration basically like pointed out a bunch of things that like the united nations believed Mm -hmm. and then it led into the goals yeah and so like a vision and mission kind of right yeah yeah and so like one of the goals or like they were basically saying we like because we believe this we um we hope to to do this and yeah we resolve to and then it was like i thought this was really kind of goes into the two that I'm going to focus on is to promote gender equality and the empowerment of women as effective ways to combat combat poverty, hunger, and disease and to stimulate development that is truly sustainable. So I think what's interesting for us, you know, in our kind of frame of view is that these goals to promote gender equality, empower women and reduce child mortality or and improve maternal health. Those are specific targets because like the UN believes that they help not only women. Obviously, they see women as like we're a marginalized group or are a marginalized group, but they also reduce poverty and they reduce you know they lead to further development yeah exactly it's the radical idea that like investing in half your population will help your population do better Mm. wow what a surprising idea i know yeah just shocking so anyway um so some of their targets for promoting gender equality basically they wanted to eliminate the gender disparity in primary and secondary education that was kind of their main target and then that's like their first benchmark kind yeah, of, kind of target. Benchmark. Yeah. And uh, they also wanted for improving maternal health, they wanted to reduce maternal health or maternal mortality by three quarters by 2015. And a lot of these goals were very ambitious. Yeah. Um, which is, is one criticism that the Millennium Development Goals had. Another, yeah. some of the other criticism criticisms were that they were not there weren't great ways to measure yeah and it was also the idea that the un was kind of like saying up at the top like we believe these things are important and like forcing it on you know the world which i so that's like a fair criticism but i also like think it's i don't i don't see that as like a bad thing i don't think that any of these things are that it's bad that we should be expecting any of these things of countries in our world. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's a puzzling criticism to me, in fact, because, you know, to, to a large extent, it's how governments treat their populations that determines some of these, uh, Mm -hmm. some of these situations, you know, 
Yeah. Um, I think, I guess I see. I mean, you can't, I mean, it's, if it comes from the bottom up, then what are we talking about? Like protests yeah, but, and uprisings or what? I mean, it's more about like, I mean, the UN as like a elitist institution telling like, so that countries, the, well, who are the countries also, themselves should come to these conclusions on well, their own? No, well, I also think it's like the difference between being like, I don't know, if you're uh, your boss, if you're working, right, uh, Dave, and you have to get this project done and you need a stapler, but no, wait, this isn't good. Never mind. <laughs> not going to help it's, you. I think it's for like, my big stapling I mean, project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I mean, it's basically I... saying like, like. <laughs> I just love that. If if a big organization at the top says says to a struggling community, you need a new school, but what the community really needs and what they oh. can't live without is a well. But yeah. nobody asked them that they needed a new well. Right. You mm-hmm. know? So it's kind of that idea I that see. it's like coming in and saying, actually, you need a sharp or, or a shop for artisans to make crafts so that they can sell. Mm-hmm. But then people the whole time being like, we don't even have any like roads or whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the, the specific the specifics of the plan need to be. Right. Uh, sort of parsed out by the particular countries and in a particular environments. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, I mean, this is also like one of the problems with like trying to tell every single country in the world that these are your goals, right? Because every single country in the world has different, we're at different places, so it's hard to like make a goal for... For everybody. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And so some of the ways they were going to promote gender equality, like I said, was eliminate um, the gender insp- disparity in schools because a lot of girls will drop out before mm-hmm. um, they graduate at a higher rate than boys. Um, also, um, share women will have uh, equity and wage employment in non-agricultural sector. And then also proportion of seats held by women in national parliaments to be equal as well. And so they talk about improving maternal mortality. Um, they want to improve the proportion of births attended by skilled health professionals. And they focus a lot on like midwives, mm-hmm. um, mainly as a way to make sure that there are more workers, skilled workers. And then also they want to improve universal access to reproductive health. And so that includes contraception, um, decreasing the adolescent birth rate, uh, prenatal care, and then um, family planning services. Mm-hmm. So, um, where are we now? So, 2015 is obviously come and gone. So, the UN basically released a 2015 report about the progress. Mm-hmm. And they did make, I mean, actually, there's been, like, quite a, a lot of progress if you want to feel hopeful about something these days. Yeah, we'll bring it. I do, yes. Um, so... Um, Today, women make up 41% of paid workers outside of agriculture, which is a 35% increase since 1990. That's Mm. a lot. The average proportion of women in parliament has nearly doubled over the past 20 years. In all parliaments? Yeah, in all parliaments. Um, But still, it's only one in five members are female, so we still have a lot of work to do on that regards. Um, uh, about two-thirds of countries in developing regions have achieved gender parity in primary education. Oh. So, 
It's still not great. You know, no. it wasn't their goal. But I'm like trying to think about what that is. But anyway, yes, that's I mean, it's it's interesting to hear like how much it's changed, though. Yeah, I think that gives me more hope than just like, yeah, knowing what the number is, you know? Yeah. Um. Since 1990, the ma- maternal mortality ratio has been cut um, by 45 percent. That's good. And most of that reduction has actually occurred since 2000. Hmm. Um, and more than 71% of births were assisted by skilled health professionals globally. That's actually more than I thought it would be. Yeah. And that was 59% in 1990. Yeah, that's a big jump. Yeah. Now, these are only among UN countries. No, this is globally. Oh. So, I mean, and you can say, like, it's a fair argument to say how accurate are these numbers. Yeah, that is a very, also a big criticism yeah. of the UN in general is, yeah. like, how do you measure these, any of these, any of the UN's, like, goals or benchmarks? Like, how do you measure them in low resource countries? And how do you make sure that it's the same across every country? Yeah. But um, some more work to do. Just 51% of countries have data on the maternal cause of death. So basically, after 2015, um, the UN created the Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and these are goals that were basically built to, to build on, like, from the Millennium Development Goals. Mm-hmm. But they also included some new areas, like climate change, economic equality, innovation, and sustainable consumption, peace and justice. Um so there is a gender equality section of the sustainable development goals. Um, and there are five targets. Uh, so end all forms of discrimination against all women and girls everywhere. Eliminate all form of violence against women and girls in the public and private spheres, including trafficking and uh, eliminate harmful practice such as child and early enforced marriages and female genital mutilation. Recognize, this is also kind of interesting, recognize and value unpaid care and domestic work through the provision of public services. Interesting. That's yeah. a huge thing. Infrastructure and social protection policies um, and the promotion of shared responsibility within the household and the family. <laughs> So I think that's pretty interesting. Like, that's something that doesn't come up a lot. I feel like we talk about, like, getting more women in the workforce and, mm-hmm. um, but we don't talk about as much about, like, yeah, the, valuing the, unpaid labor. Right. Right. The value, yeah. of, the value of mothers, for instance, who stay at home, the right. value of. Um, What's called emotional labor in yeah. a lot of places. Emo- okay. Um, Which is what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, you know, uh. Also, young people, younger people caring for their aging parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this is like a really big issue, especially, I mean, these are like everything is connected because mm-hmm. like emotional labor like this, like I can't remember what I was just listening to, but it was about like nannies. So a lot of nannies that are providing. So basically it was like, you know, the, the Sheryl Sandberg, like lean in type people rely on people to do their emotional labor for them. Mm-hmm which is like their nannies or housekeepers, stuff like that. And a lot of those people are like, first of all, that is a very, very marginalized group when it comes to U.S. law because they are not under the same worker protections as um, like most workers in the U.S. because Mm -hmm. of like how small, because usually a family only employs one domestic worker, one or two, and like all the like OSHA laws and 
um, pay discrimination laws apply to businesses with more than it's 15 more, right. people. Right. And so like you, and also like a lot of times people hire domestic workers who are undocumented mm-hmm. or their documentation status is at risk. And so like it becomes a power differential of like almost extortion type feeling. And so it's just like, I mean, this is also tied to like the global economy, the global like way that these things are handled because, you know, it's like it affects us in the U.S. too and not just with U.S. citizens. And I, I th- my, It's just a whole bunch of... Ugh, and my yeah. perception, and I don't, you guys can correct me if you know better, but my perception is these are mostly women. Yeah. Who are, uh, yeah, who that's are doing thing. this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another facet I didn't mean to bring up Cheryl Sandberg, by the way. This is just because in the... <laughs> so it's because the, I, the thing my, that I was listening I will to... N- I will try to contain my offense that no, I took. It's because the thing that I was listening to was about how like in the book Lean In, she like talked about all these things that you can do as like a woman in business, but like never really referenced that like she had people supporting her. But then they talked about how Amy Poehler, when she, she like won some big award and she like specifically thanked to her two nannies who take care of her kids mm-hmm. and was like, these are women are the reason why I can be here is because like they are raising my kids for me essentially. Yeah. I think it's funny how once you start paying people for something, even if you're not paying them very well, yeah, they become equipment or something. Yeah. I think a lot of times they become, you know, so I don't have to thank these people. They're getting a paycheck. Right. Yeah. I always wondered how, na- like, I don't comprehend how living nannies are a thing. Because in my mind, you should get time off from your job. Right. Yeah. So I don't that, understand and that's how like, that can be a thing. I'm going to look, I'm going to figure out where I was listening to this. But yeah, because they were basically saying like, you know, na- so if you showed up, if you like came to work and your boss was like, you you know, like let's say your personal assistant or something, you came yeah. to work and your boss like, you know, wanted you to come early and then wanted you to come, like wanted you to stay late and didn't account for your like time commuting and all this stuff. Like this is stuff that happens to nannies every day. You know, like if mm-hmm. you're stuck at work late, your nanny has to stay late with your kids mm-hmm. and they have to stay even later because it takes the amount of time that it takes you to get home. Yeah. And you know, and then like, do they get a sick day? Like, you know, if they're sick, they just shouldn't have to come to work. And mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. And then it's what, just like right. a ton of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important. You know, obviously the all these like goals have their criticisms, but I think it's important to have targeted like these are things we're working for. And I, I mean, these goals, while they didn't mostly reach most of their goals, like they've been without them, I don't think we would have seen. Yeah. Would we have made the those progress? drops, right. you know? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of criticism on like, are these goals like actually achievable and all that stuff? But I don't know that like the, uh, an institution like the UN is where I look for those type of goals. I'd say the UN is where I look for like the UN and the WHO both are like places where I look for like these big, like we're going to put a man on the moon type goals where it's like, these are the ideals that our society should be striving for. And Mm -hmm. like, it's up to more than just that institution to like make the individual steps towards it mm-hmm. yeah i don't know okay so i found the podcast it's, it's um unladylike which i've talked about on this oh yeah uh podcast before but it uh the episode is number nine is how to nanny up is what it's called but it's all about like na- nannies and domestic workers it's very interesting yeah but anyway but yeah i love the millennium development goals they have really cool infographics yeah, anyone wants to look at them up they do 
We can we'll post. We'll, we'll put a link. Post, yeah, I mean, I'll have the I reference their UN's website and all that. So yeah. yeah. If you are a fan of reading long UN reports, always. I, who isn't? As long they'll as they'll be on there. As long as they were competently stapled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Such as with a fully funded stapling project. You need to make sure that you have all the adequate staples. <laughs> And that you chose the staple and not your boss. If you have, <laughs> if you don't have an adequate stapler, your UN report man. is crap. Oh, man. So talk to your boss. Should we uh, do Philippian files? Yeah, man, I need, I don't consume this much media. This is my problem. I th this is the problem I have too. Oh, I have a new trash TV show I'm watching. Well, that counts. That counts, baby. I apparently consume too much media because I, I like She's have a, like multiple every you're week. You're like overflowing, and I have to I like know. reach back into my distant past. I think you guys are putting too much pressure on yourselves. So. You think so? Yeah, I don't know. I think so. All right. Well, All right, I just I just got one. Okay. okay. My fallopian file is the Bravo hit TV show Southern Charm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's what really it is. Tell, tell us. There about are a lot it. of bad What's gender about? things that yeah, happen well, in it. Like yeah. a lot of bad gender stereotypes. A lot of bet, but it's very trashy. It's about these people in Charleston, South Carolina. They yeah. all think they're special because their family, um, you know, came over and they fought in the Confederacy, which is disgusting. And anyway, but it's addicting because there's a lot of drama, a lot of baby mama drama. You know what cracks me up is people who say they hate drama, but like actually cause drama all the time. Yeah. I love drama. I just don't like personal drama. <laughs> I don't like my own personal drama, but I love other people's drama. You like me. to be able to reach out and turn yeah, it off. Exactly. You know me, I love to create drama. Yeah. You're the most dramatic person I've ever met. <laughs> Southerners are attractive, according to uh, the Southern Charm cast oh. yeah. photos. They're pretty good looking people, I have to say I that. Have to say I say most guess. people on reality TV are attractive. Yeah. What? Because okay. otherwise people won't watch Except it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I don't really necessarily recommend that you watch it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Probably shouldn't support this type of thing. We could have two classes of Philippine files. files. One that we think you should partake in. And one we that we we warn you to one avoid. One that you need a stop injectomy for, and right. one that you can leave your ovaries. If you, I mean your tubes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love YouTube DIY. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, programming. Now, mm. here's the thing that I love about it. I'm not talking about like TV shows that end up on YouTube. Okay. I'm talking, yeah. I'm talking about like, like made for YouTube, made for YouTube. Go look at Jimmy Duresta. Jimmy Duresta. D-I-R-E-S-T-A. These people do not need my endorsement, by the way. These oh, people no. are huge. YouTubers make so much freaking money. Um, go look at Bob Claggett. Go look at, um, uh, uh, his name is, I think his name is Jake Hayworth. Is that right? I'm not going to write all these down, Dave. <laughs> um, that's not it. It's Frank Hayworth. Um, let's see. What else? I mean, there's just so... This is a huge space on YouTube. Laura Kampf, uh, to throw in a lady name there. She is awesome. Um, who else? Uh, oh. Oh, man. 
just I, you know what I should do is I should just open up YouTube right now because that's all I watch lately. You know, you could also make each one of these uh, their own Fallopian file if you wanted. I could, but I feel like uh, I feel like I gotta shoot it all out there in one. Okay. I don't like that metaphor at all. But <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so I'm sorry, Maddie didn't know what blow your load meant. <laughs> Oh. And she just kept saying it, and we're like, just stop <laughs> saying bar. it. April Wilkerson is another one you could watch. Uh, there is a, a woman, her, 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 uh, there's a woman in Porto, Portugal, I think, right? Oh, uh, is it is it Portugal? Anyway, um, she does stuff too. Um, it's called Get Hands Dirty on YouTube. Oh. All of these people are just killing it. And what I like most about it is I love watching people do things well, you know, like yeah. they might make mistakes and, but they own their mistakes too. And then, you know, they tell you, okay, this is how I fixed it. Or I had to scrap the idea because it didn't work. And here's what mm -hmm. I did um, the next time, that sort of thing. Um, there's a real honesty there that you don't really see in television DIY shows, which are very popular also. Yeah, that's true. You know, like when you watch mm -hmm. a DIY TV show and they're throwing up a deck right. on yeah. their house, it looks easy. Right. They, and it also is time lapse. So like you don't realize how long it takes. But either. The, th the thing is, a lot of these are time lapsed too. Well, like, but in a different but way. But they're time lapsed in a different way yeah. to show you yeah. like the warts and everything. Right. I mean, they it's almost like they revel. If they drop something that they're working on. Mm hmm. I feel like invariably they highlight that drop in somehow yeah. in some way. Yeah, it's just a really it strikes me as a really honest way. No, that's super true. To to do this, wow! I feel more strongly about it than I thought I would yeah. when I started saying it. I that actually makes me feel so. <laughs> we uh, are gonna go look at houses this week, mm. and so we like started watching Fixer Upper just like as a joke oh. uh, this weekend, and to like prepare for like looking at houses. But yeah, no, I feel that way too. Like there's always, you know, in. TV shows, there's always something that has to go wrong because right. they have to make it interesting, right. but it's always resolved. Right. And pretty. But it's always such a drama. Easy. Like, yeah, speaking but it's of drama, like right? such it's false like, drama. It's like, dun, dun, dun. And then yeah. they go to break and then they come back and it's like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. We'll pay, you know, $5,000 right. extra dollars to fix this. Like, okay, <laughs> some of us don't have $5,000 extra dollars. The fixer upper formula is like yeah. crazy. But anyway. Um, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, cool. there's none of that. In this, well, and it's like such a good format. way to like learn new skills mm -hmm. too. I have yeah, learned so much cool. just from watching. I, I, to some extent, so H, the difference, it, the big difference for me though is HGTV makes me want to buy shit. Yeah. <laughs> DIY on YouTube, like at least the ones that I watch, the DIYers on YouTube make me want to do things. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I feel very strongly about it apparently. Well, that's good. Go ahead. Uh, mine is uh, very different. So mine is the podcast So Many White Guys. Oh, uh, so Phoebe Robinson, which it basically is about podcasting in general in the world. There's so many. Actually, writers. yes, kind of. <laughs> yeah. OK, so Phoebe Robinson is a black female comedian. Um, she's she's on Two Dope Queens, too. I feel like yeah. more people have heard of that. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, she started this podcast because there are so many white guys in comedy and in podcasting. Yep. And so her thing is like each season, every episode, she has someone who's not a white dude. And then the last episode of the season, she has a white dude on so that they have to like become the token person for their people group, like many <laughs> black and female comedians are forced to do. And it's, I mean, but she's so good. Like she's such yeah. a good interviewer. 
um, this new season just started. And so she had uh, Zoe Kravitz, Gloria Steinem, like all these like really cool people she's interviewed and they're just so good. And she's so funny and like relatable. Yeah, are these I, I know, it's very are these good. serious discussions that have funny Both. bits in them? It's yeah. like bo- it's like serious and that. funny. Like it's that. serious topic, but like a fun mood. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's very. I mean, she. I mean, she's incredible. I just like feel like I'm friends with her just from listening to. You yeah. know, like she's got that kind of like podcasting style. Yeah, and she's great. I really like her. Yeah. Anyway, so I highly recommend it um, to listen to. But yeah. Okay. Well, thanks well, for listening. Yeah. Thanks for week. listening. Uh, visit us at the uh, look. You guys. Just look in the thing. Go. <laughs> Send us some email. Yeah, we yeah. Send us an email. Morale is low. Actually, our next podcast is... Morale is not low. Our, our next episode is based on an email we received. So oh, okay. yeah. if you so, want to learn about something, I will read your email, and right. then I'll research the topic, and then I'll tell you about it. If you want to tell us that we did a crap job on something, send that in. Just we may nice disagree with it, you. And then I'll delete it. Just kidding. No. no, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> That's why. Don't do that. I won't. Um, but yeah. Send us send us a communique. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to. I think we'd love to read it. Yeah, we would. Okay, All right. Bye. See you next time. Gotta order that stapler. <laughs>